0: Hi, my name is Alan, as uh, Lucas said, and I'm the Baptist minister here. And if you don't know me, um, just a big hello, and uh, if you do know me, um, a big hello too. Uh, and just want to echo what James has said on our news video: that if you serve in the church, um, just a huge, huge thank you. Um, it's a it's a busy church. There's a huge amount going on, um, our midweek communities, and then everything that goes on day to day, week by week here the Church, just a huge thank you. Uh, we can't do this without you. Um, so, today we are going to continue uh, on our series, which is looking at what it means to be family. We're looking at how we function as a family, the values of what it means to be family together. Uh, last week, Luke spoke on honor uh, a great message. If you didn't hear, it, do pick that up. Uh, week before that, it was Rachel's talking about hospitality, and today, humility. And uh, quite why I'm leading this, I don't know, but we'll find out as we go through. And we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. It's a familiar passage, Um, but if you have a Bible with you, if you've got a Bible on your phone, I would suggest that you get that out because uh, we are going to be looking through it in a little bit of detail this morning. But before we start, I have a little question for you. Uh, And the question is this, could you put your hand up? If you're humble, anybody humble here? anybody at all? It's one of those questions, isn't it? Where you kind of think, uh, I don't know the answer to that. It's a little paradox. If I put my hand up, do I just disappear in a little puff of smoke? I don't know. It's one of those questions, and not only is it one of, uh, not only is it a tricky question to answer, it's also. Uh, when we talk about humility, it leads me to one of my favourite passages, one of my favourite lines in Scripture. Not one of those when you're going through a hard time that gives you encouragement and support, um, but one that just puts a little smile on your face, and it's from Numbers uh, chapter 12. You don't need to look it up, Um, but it's one of the first five books of uh, the Bible, Numbers, and it is reportedly uh, written by uh, Moses, this great historical figure, this great man of God. So, written by Moses, it says this, okay, this is Numbers 12, verse 3. Now, Moses was a very humble man. I know, but it goes on. Written by Moses, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. I love it, it's brilliant. So we're going to look at humility today, and uh, a little bit of preparation, I've done a little bit of research, what does humility mean? And I've searched through a whole host of definitions, worldly definitions, and this is the best worldly definition that I could find. And humility is the ability to view yourself accurately as an individual with talents as well as flaws without arrogance or low self-esteem. I'll read that again. Humility is the ability to view yourself accurately as an individual with talents as well as flaws, without arrogance or low self-esteem. And I like that, So, because we know it's not about boasting, is it? It's not about, hey, look at me, you know, aren't I great? It's not about boasting. But it's also not adopting that position of, I'm so terrible and weak and I'll never amount to anything. There's something about a fair reflection, an accurate reflection of who we are. So if that's a worldly definition, I'd like to sort of caveat that with what the Bible says about humility. And we're going to look at that as we go through the passage, uh, Philippians 2, in a little while. But just taking that word humility or humble, it is a virtue, it is a part of our character that is produced by comparing ourselves to the Lord rather than to one another, Humility means living in complete dependence on the Lord, namely with no reliance on ourselves, our own abilities, or our wants and our desires, our ability to choose for ourselves. And so I would counter the world's definition by saying humility is the ability to view yourselves accurately, yes, but in light of Jesus Christ. So as we compare ourselves to him, We think that we've probably got a little bit of growing left to do. There's probably a little bit of growing up and a little bit of maturing for all of us still to do. There are probably things of the kingdom that we're still yet to experience. There will be attitudes and actions that we still continue to do, which we know in comparison to the Lord, we've got a long way to go. But also... There is also this sense that as we come before the Lord, as much as there is a long way for us to travel, we are also known by name, that we are also loved, that we are, by Jesus' death on a cross, called into the family of God. We get to be called his children. And through Jesus' death on the cross, We get access to the kingdom of heaven. The spirit is poured out and we get to walk intimately with him through no goodness of our own, but enabling and empowering us to become all that God has for us to be. It's a fair assessment of who we are in light of Christ. Not walking with arrogance, but also standing in who it is that we are, not with low self-esteem but children of the king. Humility. So there are moments in our lives when we realise that we are small. And it may be that moment when we first came to faith, when we realised how broken and messed up we were, and we encountered the very presence of God, his love and his grace in our lives. And we surrendered to him and said, yes, Lord, I can't do this on my own. Lord, over to you. It may be that moment where you first encountered him. It may be as you stand out in the middle of the Peak District in the middle of the night and you gaze up at the stars and you think, I wish Manchester and Sheffield would turn their lights off just for a moment so I could see more clearly. But Father, you flung them into space. They're billions and billions of light years away. Don't check that. I'm not sure whether that's true, just how far they are. But we look up into heaven and we think, my goodness, eight billion people on the planet. Don't check that either. But, Lord, you're awesome. A little me here in Sheffield, in the Peak District, wishing they'd turn the lights out. Lord, you love me. Those moments when we feel small, when we feel less significant than we perhaps do in our day-to-day moments in our lives, where we recognize his vastness and our dependence on him. Or maybe it's that moment when we stand on the edge of the sea and the storm is rolling in and the waves are crashing, trees falling, and we're just so overwhelmed by how little power that we have in order to affect change of anything. God is good and he is mighty and we find our right place. So if there is something about us getting a measure of who we are in our comparison with the Lord, there is also, as it said in the other part, there is that moment of realising that we are dependent upon him and that we are limited and finite human beings that of our own device can only do so much. Those moments when we realize that we need help, that we are out of our depth, that the road ahead is too much, too difficult, too hard. And what's more, as much as we would try, we cannot control the outcomes for ourselves and those that we love. That moment at a loss of a job or rising prices, struggling to pay the bills, that there's a war in Europe and we don't know what is going to happen. Or maybe it's the death of a loved one where the world is just turned upside down. And you know that uh, the road ahead is just difficult. Maybe it is that diagnosis from the doctor where life has just been going fine, and then we get at that diagnosis, and we realise that life is never going to be the same. And all those plans and all those dreams, they're now, there are question marks over all of them. That we realize that we don't have control, the control that we would like to have. Or maybe it's that moment. When you hold that newborn baby in your arms, that moment where you're absolutely exhausted but you're filled with joy and you're filled with fear and you're overwhelmed by the responsibility of that new life that you now hold in your hands, the responsibility to nurture, to protect, to care for. But you know, even in that moment, even as you bring a child to Thanksgiving, you know that there will be that day, the first day at school, where you take that child to the classroom and then you have to walk away. And as much as you want to protect and care, you know that they will take their first steps into the world. And you don't have any control over those outcomes. Or winding forwards a few years where your child heads out into the world on their own, maybe to university, maybe they take their own flat or they get their first job. And all the love and care and everything that you've poured into that child, you know that you'll always be here, but they're going to take those steps on their own. And you realise just how little power and influence and control that you have and how we must depend on someone else. So humility, an accurate assessment as we see ourselves in the light of Jesus without arrogance or low self-esteem. Humility, that total dependence on God. So let's open the scriptures. We're going to read Philippians 2, verses 1 to 11. And the title in my Bible of this little section says, Imitating Christ's Humility. It's on the screen behind me. but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death And we're going to look at it in kind of reverse order. We're going to flip the second bit first and the first bit second. So we're going to look at Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. And for me, this is something of Christ's humility. This is, for us perhaps, something of the, uh, the humility as a heart posture, the internal workings, the way that we align our styles. And we're humble. Humility is... Heart posture. And then after that, we're going to look at Philippians 2 1 to 4, which is more about humility in action. So, humility as a heart posture. Verse 5 In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset, have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. It's very simple. As we seek to follow him, as we seek his kingdom, we strive to be like Jesus, both inside and out. We can't just do the stuff of the kingdom of God. It has to penetrate into our insides, and we imitate him in this way too. Verse 6, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. When we hear advantage there, it's not something to be seized, it's not something to be grasped, it's not something to be taken by force. So Jesus, who who being in very nature God, didn't grasp onto that equality and, and stand above everybody. Instead, he made himself nothing. And you might contrast this with the image and the story of the the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, where they were created in the image and the likeness of God. And yet they were tempted by the serpent. And the serpent spoke and said, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will be like God. And so they reached out and they took it and they ate it. And the scales fell from their eyes. It's the moment in the scriptures where we see humanity say, it's okay, God, we've got this, we don't need you, and they walk away. In fact, Lord, this is the way that we cut to be just like you, making all the decisions for ourselves, choosing our own way, deciding for ourselves what's right and what's wrong, and Jesus shows us and invites us to enter into a different way where we recognize that he is God and we are not. And we humble ourselves before him. Verse 7, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. How did he make himself nothing? By choosing to become a servant. And the Greek goes further, it's slave. And a slave doesn't choose what or how or when. A slave simply receives instructions and follows them. And this is the way that Jesus takes. And you may remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, another garden, where Jesus says, Lord, the cross, really? If there's another way, if there's another way, Lord, but not my way, your way be done. Listening for the Lord, following his instruction, taking the very nature of a servant. And he invites us to do the same. Verse 8, in being found in his appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Who humbled Jesus? Jesus humbled Jesus. He chose it. How? By becoming obedient. And the word obedient means simply to sit under or to hear under, to sit under instruction. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do today? The question that Jesus invites us to ask. God said, Jesus followed. Therefore, verse 9, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It was because of his submission that God raised him up. It was because he humbled himself that God raised him to the greatest position as Lord of all. Do we long for greatness? Do we long to be number one? See, this isn't Paul, the writer of uh, the letter to Philippians from which this is taken. This isn't him waxing lyrical about Jesus. This is what Jesus did. And this is what Jesus taught. And you might remember the great story, another favorite of mine in the scriptures from Matthew 20, where there's the mum of James and John, the sons of thunder. I bet they were great to parent. Um, But mum comes up to Jesus and says to Jesus, could uh, my sons, James and John, could they have the prominent positions in your kingdom? Can they sit on your right hand and on your left hand side with all the power and the prestige and the prominence that that will give them? And Jesus said to them, Jesus said to them, whoever wishes to be great amongst you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. And so for Jesus, humility is about service. It is about obedience, and it is the starting point of our faith and our relationship with him. It says in Mark's gospel, as Jesus is just starting his ministry, the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of heaven is near. Is here, it's at hand, it is ready to break in. His love, His joy, His peace, His patience, His beauty, His majesty. He wants to take our lives and to help us to become all that we can possibly be, taking our pain and our struggle and weaving those into our lives, making them beautiful. And we do that from turning from our way, humbling ourselves, repenting. It's access to the kingdom of God. Jesus said, if any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Laying down our wants, our rights. Seeking to become obedient to God. Putting down our right to do life our way. And instead choosing to follow him. Following his instructions. Choosing his life. The life that he has for us. A word on obedience. Have you ever tried to go a whole day doing what somebody else tells you to do? Have you ever done that? It's really tough. I've been married for 24 years. Sounds as if you know where I'm going with this. And there are times when my loving and beautiful wife um, asks me to do things. And I would like to stand here before you and say every time I think, yes, dear, of course. Let me do that for you. But instead, what goes on in my head is, could you make me a drink? It's like, get your own drink. I'll put the kettle on, shall I? Will you take the bin out? Are you broken? You're stood right next to the bin. Can you not do that? Yeah, I guess so. That's fine. Would you pick up our daughter from school this afternoon? I had other plans. And I thought it was your turn. Anybody else know that sort of feeling that you know, following instructions of other people is a quite a difficult thing to do? Uh, yes, I find it quite tricky. And my wife is smiling at me at the front here. Uh, she knows I find it quite tricky. Uh, she leaves me a list, and sometimes I deign to do some of the things that she's left for me to do. But humility—it is a heart posture posture of service, a posture of following what it is that the Lord says. Not because he's some great dictator, but because he loves us and he has the very, very best for us. So if that's Jesus and if that is humility as a heart posture, then what about humility in action? Philippians 2 verses 1 to 4 verse 1 says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ... If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love. The response to all that Jesus has done for us, the love that he has lavished on us, the kingdom breaking out looks like love in action. Love here, agape, a word that we've heard many times. It's not that sentimental feeling of, ooh, you're lovely. It's the wanting the best for another person. Not only wanting the best for another person, but doing. Everything that you can to enable that person to be all that they can possibly, possibly be. Not laying on a hand and saying, Lord, bless this person. I hope they have a great day and that they have an amazing time. It is not only wanting it, it's not only praying it, but it is working and serving and championing and giving everything that you can to enable that person to fly. It is agape. It is love in action. How can I help you today? How can I serve you today? goes on saying, having the same love, being one in spirit and one and of one mind. About being of one accord, of working and walking alongside each other, of being together. Not me standing at the front saying, right, this is what we need to do. Everybody needs to fall into line. No, and it's not uh, others that we're working with saying, this is the way that we should do it. It is coming together alongside one another and going, what is it that the Lord is asking of us in this moment? The one accord, the one mind, the one spirit is seeking after Jesus, seeking his kingdom, seeking to love, seeking to serve, doing all that we can for others so that they might be all that they might be. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, it says. Selfish ambition. Do nothing out of self-interest. It's not for me. It's for those that are around that I'm seeking to serve. Or vain conceit. Vain conceit, empty pride, doing something to make us look good. Let's not do things to make ourselves look good. Honoring ourselves, making ourselves maybe feel that little bit better. We honor others. We value others. We encourage others. We build them up. Honoring. Last week, listen to Luke's sermon if you've not listened to it. And if you have, go back, listen to it again. It was really good. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Not selfish ambition, not self-interest, but loving and serving and bigging up and building up all of those around us, those that we live with, those that we live on the same streets as, in our workplaces, in our schools. We live our lives in light of what Jesus has done for us in service of others around us. Can we going to invite the band to come and join me on the stage. Sam and the team, if you'd like to come, that would be great. to the heart of humility the recognition and the acceptance of the reality of who we are in comparison to Jesus compared to Jesus we have a lot of growing up to do maturing to do changing to do and yet we are welcomed by him known by him loved by him and welcomed into his kingdom welcomed into his presence we are glorious children of god the heart of humility that complete dependence on him for everything. Not only what we have and what we're doing, but for the way that we do stuff. Lord, how can I serve you? How do I do this? You know what's best, Father, not me. And humility in action, love in action. Everything that we've got for those around us. Not looking to our own interests, but serving, building up. Boosting one another. Let's stand together, shall we? Thank you, Father. And at the nine o'clock this morning, uh, I encouraged everybody in the room just to look to the cross. Just take a moment. Look at the cross on the wall behind us. And i just love us just to think on Jesus, just a moment, leaving heaven, coming to earth, being born in obscurity, to parents who had a child, Jesus, out of wedlock, in a deeply religious time, in an oppressed nation. He lived 30 years as a tradesman and started his ministry proclaiming the kingdom of God, that it was here, it's now. Everything that the Bible, the law, the prophets has been pointing to this moment where God would break into his creation. And not only did he preach it, but he demonstrated, casting out demons, raising the dead, healing the sick, welcoming the outcast and the stranger, those that thought they were excluded from the kingdom of heaven were drawn near. You're welcome. I see you. I know you. I love you. Come and join me in my kingdom. Experience God's love. Experience his blessing. Experience his power and his presence in your life, no matter how hard life is, no matter how broken you feel. Come, come. There's another way. And after three years walking, traveling, preaching, healing, demonstrating the kingdom, we chose to go to the cross. Pinning our brokenness, our sin, our shame, A dysfunction. Taking it all upon himself. Why? So that we might be forgiven. So that we might be ushered into that beautiful place. The family of God. So consider the Lord, consider his life. Take time to consider your life our lives right now I know that there is so much of my life which is about me and not about him and Jesus says simply come humble yourself repent put your trust in me together we will sort out this mess so as we sing you might want to do business with the Lord There may be stuff that you recognise that you need to get right. If you want to come, that's great. If you just want to spend some time dealing with the Lord in your seats, that's fine too. But know this, the kingdom of, of heaven is at hand. He's here, he's waiting. Let's humble ourselves. Seek the face of the Lord. Maybe, just maybe, he will turn. And heal our land, our city, our streets. So Father, come by your spirit. Have your way with us. And Lord, let these dry bones live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen.